Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. This really felt like there, there's something that, that God wants to assure us of, and there's something that there, there are those of us this morning that need to hear, I believe, what God has put on my heart. <clears throat> and it basically is titled The Power of a Word, and uh, carry on next week, The Power of a Seed, uh, The Power of a Word. It's, and it, a word is as simple as it gets, something that's said, right? A word is something that is said, and it's spoken. But there's a lot of power in something that's spoken. And so I, Jesus was talking about the mustard seed in the Bible and how small and how tiny that is. And he talked about the littlest, tiniest seed, but it can grow into this large uh, shade-providing tree for birds and other things. And so the tiny seed can grow into a big tree. So it's not the matter of the size of the seed, but it's what you do with the seed that you have. And so there's things we'll talk about in, in that regard as well. But Jesus had been teaching his disciples a lot of things, and they were following him, and he was demonstrating many things to them. He, he showed them how to cast out demons. He saw them healing the sick, all of the things that he was doing, and they watched him as they de- he demonstrated his power that had been given him, and they, they walked through a little bit of life with him. Well, he had something that he wanted to show them a little bit more because he knew so far they've seen some things from him, they've witnessed some things from him, but were they really tested in some areas for their own? Was their faith tested? Did, did they have a word for themselves? And was there something that they could grab a hold of and that would help them grow? And so we see that the word of the Bible, the word of God is, is there for us to test our faith in so many ways. And our faith, how will we know anything about our faith unless it's tested, right? You, you really can't have faith without a test of that to see where is that. And so many times we, it's important for us that we get a word. We need a word. We need a word. And so this morning, I believe God wants to give you a word this morning. And the hearing of God's word is intended to produce faith in us. And so in Romans 10, 17, talks about that. And faith comes by hearing. We all know this verse. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. There's a word. So there's a word this morning for each one of you. And so here's the test. The test for his disciples were, do you trust me? That was the test that Jesus was going to present in the verses that I'm going to read here in a moment. Do you trust me? Because you've seen all these things, and we've seen Jesus do things, we've seen God do things in our life, but then there comes a point, do you trust me? Right? We, we, we're either we're there now, or we've been there, or we're going to be there. It's, it's going to happen for each one of us. Yes, Jesus, we think you're the greatest. We trust you. Okay, let's find out. Lord, I pray right now for the next few minutes as we 
talk about your word and we talk about a word. This morning, God, that you would touch lives. I know there are people here this morning. You, you ordered, ordered our steps this morning that we're here today because you have something that you want to speak to us this morning. So we want to have a listening ear. Lord, speak to us this morning. Speak a word this morning, God. We need to hear a word from you this morning, God. We're desperate for you. And we thank you, God, in Jesus' name, that you care about us, you love us so much that you say, yes, you call upon me, I will answer. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter three, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter four, starting in verse 35. Most of us have probably read this portion of scripture many times or we've heard it many times. But I'm gonna read it again. And we're gonna look at this portion of scripture for, this, for a moment. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Hmm. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. <laughs> That's interesting. We must also <laughs> practice the lesson of faith, just like right now the disciples are having to learn some things. They thought they knew everything about Jesus. They thought... All of a sudden, they're finding out some new things about Jesus. But they're being tested right now. Do you know that God permits trials to come to our life, tests that come? He permits those. He either either going to initiate it or he's going to permit it or allow it to happen, okay? And, and the thing for us is we don't like them. We don't like them. Did Jesus know the storm was coming? He knew the storm was coming, right? He knew that. That was no surprise to him. But he had no problem going to sleep in the boat. He knew everything that was going to happen. He already told them. What did he tell them? We're going to go to the other side of the lake. The disciples probably, that was totally out of their thought process by now, that they're going to the other side of the lake. All they were worried about is, we're going to die. This thing's going to take us out. But the storm was part of that day's curriculum that Jesus had. It was part of his plan. He, he already orchestrated, okay, we're going to go on this. Because he probably has a sense of humor, right? Like, this is going to be cool because I'm going to freak my disciples out. I'm going to make them scared. I can't wait to see the look on their faces when they don't know what I have prepared for them. In the meantime, he goes to sleep. 
He knows that they're going to wake him up in a panic. Well, of course, that happened. So I think it would help the disciples to understand they, there was a lesson they didn't even know yet that they needed to learn. I think for many of us, we're in that place of we don't, we don't fully understand where our life is going to go. We don't know what God has for us. And you may not feel like, well, I don't really need to learn that or whatever, but we don't understand. And then all of a sudden, the situation happens, and we're crying out, God, what? what? Why'd you allow this? What is going on? It's a test. There's a test. There's a test. See, here's a misunderstanding for many people. They only believe that bad things happen to them or the storm happens in their life or if because of my disobedience. That must be I, I, I messed up. Well, that's not biblical. We see way, uh, uh, way more than just that, although we know that sometimes there's consequences that we go through in, in our life out of that. But... It's not usually the case. Now, we'll give you one example of disobedience, Jonah. So we understand that. So Jonah disobeyed. What happened? He got swallowed up by a big fish, a whale. Swallowed him up. Okay. So, but the, for the same, we're looking at the same God here, same Jesus. Disobedience, swallowed by a whale. But obedience... Because the disciples were obedient to Jesus. They got in the boat, started the other side of the lake. That was out of obedience, but a storm came. So it doesn't matter. Disobedience, obedience, the storm's going to be there for you, okay? Yeah. Just, just let you know that. But here's the difference. Do you want to be swallowed up by a whale, or do you want the hand of Jesus reaching out to help you through the storm, to pick you up? I like the fact that no matter what, whether it's our disobedience or our obedience, he's still there to reach down. He did that for, with Jonah. After Jonah figured it out, it was there for him. That, that's, that's a good thing for us. But I'm telling you, it's gonna, this storm is going to be there for you. It, and some of you today, you are in the middle of a storm right now. So I believe there are three reasons the disciples should have trusted Jesus. It's so easy to look back and go, I don't know what those knuckleheads, why were they worried? Why were they afraid? Because it's easy to write to sort of armchair quarterback everything. I do it when I'm watching football games. It's like, what do you guys, what do you throw it there for? Didn't he know it was going to get intercepted? So we, you know, it's easy for us after the fact because we can talk about things, right? Or, or we'll be judgmental about somebody else's situation. I can't believe they did that. They screwed up. I can't believe that. Uh, what I've learned is be careful. Don't be judgmental of other people with what they're going through, their storm, their challenges, because I promise you, yours is coming. You know, that, that's just a fact of life. And so for us, it's much better for us to help somebody through the storm because that's what Jesus demonstrated. He he said something to his disciples. Yes, he kind of scolded them a little bit, but ultimately, he calms the storm. 
he comes and he says, I, I'm, I'm all you need. Just trust me. Just trust me in the storm. So three things. First of all, Jesus told them as a, it was a promise, basically. He said, we're going to the other side. He told them as a promise. And, and I believe that's for you today, too. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to see you through this storm. You're, you're going to make it. That's a promise. You're going you're gonna to make it. Number two, he was with them. Do you think he was going down? I don't think so. He, he wasn't going down. He was with them. Is he with you? Sometimes you don't feel like it, right? But he's with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's with you. Do you think he's going down in your storm? No, he's not going down in your storm. He's not going to let you go down in the storm. And number three, he was at peace. That's something that we need. That's hard to grab a hold of, to be at peace in the middle of a storm, isn't it? It's hard because we're so in t- so much turmoil. Do I trust God? Do I not trust? All of a sudden, everything's being tested. All the things that we've learned, all the things that we've even told other people, it's now being put to the test. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? It's hard for us to understand, but we must understand that he is the master of every situation. He's the master. He's the one that calms the storm. He's the one for us. I want to tell you something. This is really important. The greatest danger in our life is not the wind, the seas, the storm. The greatest danger is not the thing that's happening to you in the physical sense or, or just in the emotional or whatever. That's not the greatest danger. It's the unbelief in our heart. It's the thing that's going on inside of us that's the greatest danger. We... We get are allowed, the enemy comes in and he tries to manipulate us and that becomes the greatest danger. It's what is going on inside of us, not what's going on outside and all the outside distractions and the challenges. Those aren't, that's, that's not the greatest danger that we're dealing with. It's within us. It's what's going on within us. Because that's where I see so many times that that's where people give up. They lose hope because what is happening inside, they can't, uh, they can't grab a hold of, is God really, truly going to help me through this thing? Because it's hard at times to put your trust in him. But he says, trust me. Yes. Trust me. Yes. This it really explains why Jesus, he gently rebukes his disciples. He, he, he said, hey, you don't have much faith here right now, do you? Yeah. And so when he, when he comes to us, he, said, he tells me, Steve, you know what? <laughs> You're really not really trusting me right now, so I want, I want to encourage you. I want your faith to grow. I want, I want this to be something. I want this to be a, a, a mark to where you can grow from here. They, they watched Jesus teach many things. They watched him, like I said, perform miracles and all those things but yet they didn't have faith yet to trust him for something they had never experienced before. There was a storm. They didn't know he was the Lord of the wind and the sea. They knew he was the Lord of healing people or casting out demons, but now all of a sudden they discovered, who is this guy? He does this too. 
And I think that's what God wants to demonstrate for you as well. Wow, this, this is a God that does this for me too? We, I never experienced that before, and now he's doing this? What a great addition to my testimony. Because that's what it is. A test creates a testimony, doesn't it? And so there's something that God is doing in your life right now. It's, it's the fear, the unbelief, all of these things that made them question whether Jesus really cared for them or not. And, and we do that, don't we? We question him. Does he really care for me? Because if he did, this wouldn't be happening in my life. He wouldn't be allowing this in my life if he really cared. But that's not how he works. He does it because he cares. Because he says, I want to take you from here, and I want you to go here. I'm giving you a testimony. And I just so believe this morning, there is somebody here today, and probably more than one person here today, you need a word. I just felt like, Lord, just put this in my heart. There's, there's people, you need a word. You found yourself in a storm. You found yourself uh, where the winds and the waves have got you down. You, you're in the midst of a storm. You're in the midst of a challenge right now where you say, I can't do this. And that's okay because he has you right where he needs to. We overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. Amen. It's in the Bible the word of our testimony, the word of the Lord to you this morning is start preparing your testimony. That's what the Lord told me to tell you this morning. Start preparing your testimony. Stop dwelling on the storm and the wind and the things that have fallen apart and start preparing your testimony because God is faithful. He is faithful. Because if we dwell on the negative things, we'll never get to that place where he's trying to get us, which is to the other side, to the other side of the lake. Right now, maybe your storm isn't calmed yet, but I promise you, according to his word, he's coming to calm that storm. He's speaking peace be still to your situation right now. Start preparing your testimony because that time is coming where you need to deliver that testimony. That's a, that, I, I, I'm serious this morning. I'm confident in what God is saying this morning and what I'm saying. Don't trust me. Trust him. Yes. I'm just being a voice or a mouthpiece for him this morning because he told me to say this to the church and it's important that we take what he says and we, we apply what he says. Yeah, and we trust him. We trust him this morning. We also must be aware of a heart of unbelief. And Hebrews 3.12 talks about not having an evil heart or a, 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 of unbelief, having a heart of unbelief. So we'll make sure, we have to make sure that our own heart doesn't turn us away from his promises to us because our own heart can take us out. Yeah. It can. We can listen to our own self to say, I don't, it, it, it can't go well. There's no good ending here. But don't allow yourself to get to that place of having a heart of unbelief. Yeah. He is with you in your storm.
The disciples already knew Jesus had authority to forgive sins and to heal, heal people and all those things, he, to, to cast out demons and all of that stuff, stuff. And now they discovered something new about Jesus. He had authority over the storms in their life, over, over the storm, over the winds, over the seas. He has that same authority for you in your life to take care of whatever your situation you're in. Remember, he's allowing this to happen. He's allowing it. Yes, we would love him to swoop right in right now and rescue us immediately from that situation. I would love that. I'm telling you, there's been times that we've been through stuff that it's like, God, if you need to do this now. And he's saying, no, I have a better plan. Because I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to trust me. We either can run from him or run to him. And I tell you what, over the years, my wife and I have learned, and I, and I, I remember the Holy Spirit is speaking to me so clearly many, many years ago about a situation we were going through. And he, he, Steve, you either turn and face the wind, face the adversity, and, and, and come to me, or you can turn, let it blow you away, and you could just allow it to take you out. I'm like, no, I'm not letting it take me out. And I, I've told many of you in this church, said, we refuse to allow Satan to win in your situation. He is not a, he's not a winner. He's a loser. And I won't, let, I won't stand by and let him beat you up and let him try to take you out without trying to bring an encouraging word to you to say, stand strong. Having, therefore, strength to stand. Done all. Having gone through all this, therefore, stand. Therefore, stand. Mark chapter 4, backing up to verse 24 and 25, Jesus added this. He said, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little they understand will have to be taken away from them. Pay close attention to what he's saying. Hear him this morning. Hear his word this morning. He's speaking this morning to every one of us. You have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you this morning. Now, just because you speak a word over your situation doesn't mean it's going to happen or immediately happen. There's, there's a lot of things that go on. Speaking is part of the planting process for, for what God is asking us to do. It also involves working it, working what you're speaking, working the word, and working through some things. And you won't necessarily have a harvest, you know, right away of whatever it is that you're planting, and we'll talk more about that next week. But you will never have a harvest if you don't plant a seed. That's, that's a guarantee. Now, plant, when you plant a seed, you don't know how big that might be or what that word may develop into, but it's going to come up. There's going to be harvest of some sort. But the one thing is if you don't speak the word, if you don't plant the seed, you won't get the harvest. You won't get reward of what it is that God is trying to do or accomplish. So when you're talking about the power of words, you're talking about 
the power of seeds as well. And it's the life in the seed that causes it to grow. If you just have a seed and you set it on the ground or put it on your counter in your kitchen or do whatever, that seed will never do anything. You can just set it there and it doesn't do anything. But what did God do? He breathed life into his word. He planted a seed. And there has to come life to that seed. There has to come life to that word when we speak a word. God proved that out very clearly from the very beginning. You know, because you say, well, and understanding that God's word is incorruptible, okay? There's nothing that can corrupt his word. It's incorruptible. So his promises are yes and amen. They are a guaranteed whatever he promises us. So we need to ask, say, God, (laughs) what would you do in this situation? So I looked right at the very beginning. I kind of like... Abe was talking about last week's simplicity. I, I like just to be simple. God, what'd you do? When I looked, the first thing I see, he spoke a word. That's right. And I'm thinking, why would God have to speak a word? There really was nobody to listen. He spoke a word. Hmm. Yeah. He could have just thought it. But he understood even that. He created, there's something about speaking a word, speaking it, saying it. Yeah. There's power in the spoken word. Now, yes, we understand the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They, they all heard it together. When it was spoken by God, they heard it. Let there be light. It was a spoken word, though. And, and, and that's what the Bible says. It didn't say God thought it. He said God spoke it. He spoke a word when he created the world and the universe and everything. He saw that darkness covered the earth. And he said what? Let there be light. He spoke it. Let there be light. Now, I was thinking about this. I thought, well, if I just think good thoughts about my wife, shouldn't that be enough? (laughs) Honey, I thought it. I've told her that before because she's like, you never told me that. I said, well, I thought thought it, or I thought I told you, or I thought it. But if I'm thinking, wow, my wife is so beautiful and she does so many great things and all that, and if I think that, that's a good thought, but that never goes anywhere. It doesn't help her. It doesn't, as soon as I speak the word, it changes things. Honey, you're, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're beautiful. All these, all of a sudden she hears that word, boy, it starts changing the course of whatever. But when we speak something, there's something about a spoken word. That's why this morning, if you need to hear a word, I'm speaking a word to you this morning. You need to hear that. I could have just stayed at home and thought a good word, said, well, I thought this good word for the people in our church. They should just somehow receive it, right? No, but we're speaking a word this morning. We're speaking a word. There's power in a spoken word. We need to speak like God would. Speak. Well, Pastor Steve, we're not God. Of course you're not God. But guess what? He created us in his image. Yes. Said in Genesis 1:26, then God said, Let us, it's again talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us create man in our image. That's a pretty good image, if you ask me. We're we're the ones that have sort of messed that image up. It wasn't him. It, you know, we, we've gotten the way of that, but he wants to bring us back to that place. 
We're created in his likeness. Said, let them have dominion over everything, the fish, the, the, the animals, the air, tree, all that. We have dominion over all of that. Contrary to what people may try to tell you, we have been given dominion over that. That's, when I think of our image, it's his image or his likeness. It's, it's a resemblance, a representative representation. It's, it's a likeness of him. So we, we've been created in that way. And, you know, Adam, obviously, Adam and Eve had the ability to speak words, probably with, with all the animals that were in the garden and everything. And the rabbits and all the little things running around that, I mean, is probably fine. But at some point, if a bear comes in, you know, maybe you have to speak to it. I mean, that's, but maybe they were all friendly. I don't know at that time. But there was still the ability to speak if, if Adam said, whoa, bear, don't come any closer. I'm sure that somehow that, there was a power in the words that were spoken. And there was obedience to it. And so we need to speak it. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, he said, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you believe you received it, it will be yours. And then verse 25 goes on to say, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone who you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So there's always things that are connected because we always just want God to do the good things and we don't necessarily want to do the things we have to do. That's just kind of human nature. Because you're wondering why, God, why aren't you... Well, always make sure you go through the process and say, God, shine your light on me. Is there something I need to do? Is there something I need to make adjustments and change? Because he's always there waiting to give you the answer. Sometimes through the process, through the test, he's saying, well, yeah, but you need to forgive this person over here. I know that whatever they did, you have all the reason to not forgive them, but I'm saying forgive them. So that, that's part of going through tests in our life sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm not, well, I'm not forgiving that person. Well, right here he says it. He, he wants to give you the things that you're asking for, but... There are some things, too, we need to make sure we take care of. And and a lot of times, we don't want to speak like we naturally see things. Like, well, that's going to happen anyway, so I'm just going to say it. You know, that's going to fall apart, or that's not going to happen. And sometimes we speak that. Don't speak what you think naturally. Speak what his word says, which is supernatural speaking. We, we take his word and we speak supernaturally over the situation, not from what our, naturally that we're feeling. We, say, we need to say what the word of God says. When we lack or when we have a prom, problem in our life, uh, speak abundance, speak peace, speak scriptures, speak, speak the word over your situation. And you're planting a seed when you're doing that. When you're speaking uh, you know, over a situation, taking authority over that, or speaking life into something, you're planting a seed. And the more we speak, the more we encourage, it begins to grow and we begin to see that God brings a harvest from that. And it's in his timing too, by the way, and I think I alluded to that, but we want it in our time, don't we? But let's allow for his time because it will work out if we are staying faithful to what he's asked us to do. The problem that the disciples had, they probably thought they needed more faith. And Jesus said, you don't need more faith. Uh, He said, you need to plant what you have. Use what you have. You don't need more because he talked about the mustard. That's just a tiny little, that's all you need. So don't be saying, well, I just don't have enough faith. Well, just engage the faith that you do have and put that into work and you'll find the promise that comes in planting that seed. 
Faith works like a seed. Unless you plant it, it won't produce. So that, that's part of that. And as the worship team comes, I just have one more thought here, and we're going to close. But faith will never come by asking, by the way. It comes by hearing. That's what the word says. So if you're sitting at home just asking, you need to change your thought process a little bit and begin to listen to what he's saying and what his word says. Take that word, speak that word, begin to put it into action into your life. Begin to speak into your situation and declare God's word over your situation, whatever that is. And this morning, I wanna pray for you this morning, and if you feel like you're in a situation where you need a word, this morning, this, you say, this, this was for me. I, I needed to hear this. Let's all stand together. I just want to pray for you this morning. And you know what? I, I think, and I, it, it's, it's, sometimes we say, well, if I respond to this, it, It'll show people that I've got a challenge or situation or whatever. No, what it does is, first of all, it responds to God is in obedience to him because he's just like the disciples. We're going to the other side. And then they're obediently do that, and we find that that happens. What reality is every one of us in this room are faced with challenges right now or you were yesterday or you're going to be tomorrow. So there's no exemption of any of us. So we're all in the same boat, right, with Jesus. We're all in the boat with Jesus. He's here. He's in this room. So what I'm asking this morning is if, if, if right now that, that's you, you happen to be in that place, you, you happen to be in a storm, I ask you to respond and come up here while we're singing this song, and I just want to pray over you. Because we're going to speak a word, and we're going to see this, we're going to see changes come. God's preparing us for some amazing things. And I just believe it's important this morning that we start by taking this thing on and allowing God to, to do what, what he wants to do this morning. So see, we sing this song, just come up to the altar uh, stand, or stand up here. And I just want to pray for you, whatever your situation is. Um, we're all here today in a, as a family. And we love everybody, and so I, I just say in response, thank you for the first one here. Just I know there's more of you. Let's go ahead and sing. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 